Welcome to the Loud Thinker Podcast, hosted by the Loud Thinker. That's me. Here you will listen to conversation from a Black, opinionated woman, which makes me above. Conversations will range from highly inflammatory topics such as politics, race, current events, you name it. What you will get are my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings, because I am free from groupthink. So get comfy and enjoy the Loud Thinker experience. Welcome, 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 my fellow thinkers. This is the Loud Thinker doing another episode of the Loud Thinker podcast. I am your host, and uh, what I wanted to do was just circle back to a previous uh, podcast I had. It was um, the one I did with the panel gentleman referencing the Black Gender War. A friend of mine had asked me a question uh, that was in reference to something that was said during the podcast. And let me just circle back. How we ended up in this conversation was I just kind of made the comment that like several people had found some humor in some of the things that was that was actually said during that uh, particular podcast. And so we chatted about it for a couple of minutes and um, and somehow we were talking about um, self-hate and where am I going with this? Um, it, So what I said was, I can see how if you were growing up in an area that was predominantly a particular ethnicity or race, how you may not be aware of racism right away or or self-hate, right? I said, I can kind of see that and that we have to be open to that. But during that conversation, it, 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 it circled back to me. And, you know, one of the questions that was posed to me was, well, how do you feel about that? Do you think that we don't have self-hate or something like that? And I said, well, of course, the community has self-hate. But um, if you're questioning how did I feel about it during you know, my childhood, I said, you know, um, I grew up in a very... I would say multicultural area, predominantly um, non-black, mostly white. Um, I didn't, I I was aware of race. Um, However, as we were having this conversation, we were talking about colorism. I said, actually, during that time, I wasn't really intimately aware of colorism. Now, it's not that I've never heard of such um, terms, like such a little light skin butt down or anything like that. Uh, I've heard those things before, but it wasn't something that I heard often. And um, we were talking about it. And so he said, you know, so are you telling me that you weren't aware of colorism when you were a child? I said, you know, I'm not so sure if I was like, like vaguely. Yes. I said, now. Part of it's because it wasn't like something that was overt per se in my family, but part of it could have been because uh, in some ways I may have been a beneficiary of um, when colorism was being, um, when it was in play. But there were other times when I wasn't the beneficiary. I think what happens is when it's not necessarily 
something that was like called to my attention or anyone's attention, you're not always like aware. It's kind of like when you're a fish in a fishbowl full of water, like you don't know anything different. Like you're, you're in the water, right? Like you don't realize there's this world that that's waterless, right? And you don't realize you're out of water until you're out of water. So I had explained to um, a friend of mine, um, I said, I wasn't really, really aware of colorism or let me just say, I didn't know that was the term back then, but I didn't really become aware of it until after I left home. Um, I think my first, or I think I became more conscious of colorism was when I went to college. Um, I had someone constantly um, say, hey, what's up, Red? What's up, Red? And I didn't even know they were talking to me because that wasn't like part of my vocabulary. So for like several weeks, uh, there was a guy, I wound up being on a track team with him, but he kept saying, what's up, Red? What's up, Red? And I had never heard of that term. So I didn't even know he was talking to me. So once we got past all of the like, well, why do you call me? Like I, I had no clue what that was. But um, throughout my college you know, and then, you know, my time in the military and just being an adult, I became more aware of this, this thing called colorism. Okay. I didn't know that was what it was called, but I became more aware of it because when I left my home, people constantly <laughs> told me about myself. Now, it's not like I've never heard it when I was home, but it was so in my face, so much more. Okay, I, I'm not going to say I've never experienced it as a young person, but I, I didn't quite really relate to this whole concept until I was older. When I started experiencing some really terrible things, um, but also if I have to be honest here, when I was older and once I started becoming conscious of colorism several things happened number one in the beginning I did nothing now I want I want that to sink in for a second I did nothing now there are people who are probably going to crucify me for that but I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to be transparent here I did nothing um, I don't think I was equipped with the tools because as I was trying to figure out what this, this thing was called, you know, I didn't know it was called colorism then, but I felt the uh, effects of when a group of people wanted to harm me because of their pain. Now, this is not a woe is me session here. I don't want, I don't want anyone to, to um, take that from this moment. But um, I think the reason why I did nothing was number one, I, I didn't quite, I was just starting to figure out what it was, number one. Number two, I didn't have the tools, right? I didn't have the tools. Like I, I, I didn't know what to do. 
I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't even realize if I had a uh, privilege at that time. All right. So I, I was walking around with a set of privileges that I, I didn't realize until I realized I had it. Number three, this is the tough part. I didn't do anything because I was a beneficiary of colorism. Okay. So although I didn't go out of my way to harm people who didn't look like me, in essence, I was being harmful because what I didn't do was use my so-called privilege, okay, and try to make it even for everybody, try to stop this, 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 this thing. I was the beneficiary of it, okay? So now, now that I'm becoming, I, I hate using the word woke. I, I, I just hate that term, but I think what happened was once I became conscious, I did nothing. Well, one, because I didn't know what to do. Number two, I didn't have the tools at the time because I was still kind of like figuring it out. And number three, I was the beneficiary of colorism. So, yeah. Now, this is this is real talk here. You know, it's, it's not a proud moment of mine. Now, I didn't go out of my way and say, oh, you should like me because of this. Like, I was never into that. Never, never, never. Mostly because it wasn't something that was consciously taught in my family. There may have been some subconscious things that were brought up. But we got to remember, for me, I never really recognized a whole lot of it because maybe I was never negatively impacted by it. For the most part, there were some instances where I was negatively impacted by it, but I wasn't impacted by it. So it wasn't something that, that was like obvious to me. I wasn't the only one who looked like me, you know? So now let's, let's get back to what I was talking about. Here I am in college and then as an adult, and I would say even let's, let's move forward as an adult. The more I became conscious of this thing called colorism, I will say this. It was very uncomfortable. And as I began to learn and understand about, I would say, who we are as black people, I'm gonna even like um, go even further with a level of specificity. The blackity black blacks from like who are born here in America, who's not claiming to be everything other than black or like putting some other label on their blackness. That's a whole other podcast that I'll probably um, speak on about how we're black in something or we wanna say I'm black and Jamaican instead of just being black, knowing that you have Jamaican descent or whatever, um, or from Ghana or from Nigeria or whatever, right? That's not this discussion. I would say with the blackity black blacks here, who made me <laughs> aware of you're like oh this is a a brown skinned person a light skinned person a dark skinned person but like I didn't like get it get it into an adult now people may not like that but this is my truth and, with, and then when I started getting it in the beginning I did nothing I did nothing I didn't know what to do and I also benefited. I benefited. Okay. 
So I got older, I started to understand what, what this was. And then I started developing these tools. And I think the tool was the knowledge. Once I started having the knowledge, then it became a different kind of conversation I would have with, whether it's from um, relationships with men, whether it's um, interactions with um, non-black people in a professional setting, whether it's with other women who don't look like me, okay? Because what I learned was as I became aware I had a responsibility. I don't know if it was guilt. I don't know if it was conviction. Probably more guilt so than conviction. But I recognized I had a responsibility. Now, with that being said, when I started speaking up on behalf of people who don't look like me, right? Same race, same ethnicity, who have, who have a darker hue, I found that people were looking at me surprised. I guess there was a level of expectation that I would continue to perpetuate the silliness. And I shouldn't say it's silly because it's actually a real thing. So it's actually not silly. It's, it's, it, this thing is a real thing, right? But we were literally racking and stacking um, each other based on our hue. So anyway, getting back, um, I was having this conversation. I was like, simmer down, you know, like I can kind of get it. You know, when people are saying that, you know, like maybe in the beginning when you're younger, you're not really aware of this thing called maybe racism. I said, you know, but I was aware of race. I don't know if we would call it racism. I was aware of race, but I wasn't necessarily aware of colorism because as a child, I grew up just believing I was black. I didn't assign light-skinned black person to me. Other people did that. That wasn't how I viewed myself. Okay? I viewed myself as a black woman. Well, when I was a child, I was a black person. I viewed myself as a black person. And then as I became an adult, I viewed myself as a black woman. I think um, our people, you know, there's so much hurt there. Once I became aware of the hurt, then I knew I needed to just do something different. But I want to make this clear. When I became aware in the beginning, I did nothing. I didn't have the tools, probably some fear there, right? I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what to do. And I was a beneficiary of it. It's nice if someone views you in high regard, whether it's more desirable whether it's friendly, whether it's whatever. I've heard it all from our, my own people and outside of, you know, my, my, uh, my people, my community. But anyway, I wanted to circle back. So 
in reaction to episode seven, which was um, the black gender war, <laughs> having these side conversations with several people, it, it was really interesting. But I think the thing that um, stood out the most to me was simply when I was asked about colorism and we talked about it and I wanted to be honest. Colorism is a very sensitive topic. Um, I wanted to have this conversation with some women. I think many have a level of trepidation about coming on and having that conversation. I want to make sure if I have this conversation on this platform, that it has to be a safe place. I don't want people to feel attacked. Okay. Because the fact of the matter is that's part of what ails us in our community. Okay. Um, and it's like this dirty little secret we have. I know that it stems from white supremacy and, and the, the brown paperback test and I got it. I do want to have that conversation, but I think it's going to take a certain level of courage for, I would say, women who look like me to be willing to sit down and have that conversation. And something tells me they are not ready for that yet, but it's coming. Anyway, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> this was definitely, um, <laughs> I didn't plan exactly what I was going to say. I just literally sat down and started recording. Stay tuned, guys. Hope to see you soon. That's it, my fellow thinkers. Thanks for tuning in to the Loud Thinker podcast. Whether good or bad takes, one thing is certain. They are my takes. Remember, I am free from groupthink, and something tells me you are too. If you want to hear more from me, my Twitter and Instagram handles are the Loud Thinkers with an S. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time.